Hello and welcome to Dear Franny, the podcast of uncommon conversations about love. I'm your host, Francesca Hoagie. I'm back. I am back for season two and I'm very excited. I missed this. I missed you guys. I missed interacting with you. I missed putting on headphones and talking into a mic like, you know, I feel like I'm like a radio DJ. This is very exciting. <laughs> so this season, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I've got some amazing interviews lined up. I'm going to be doing the one-on-one interview format that you are used to if you listen to season one. Um, I'm also going to be doing some solo episodes like this one, like I also did in season one. But I'm also going to be doing some episodes where I am talking to a few different people on a particular topic. So that's going to be a very interesting and interesting experiment. And I am really excited. I've already started um, interviewing people for a topic that, hmm, do I want to share it? Okay, I'll just go ahead and tease it. I've started interviewing people who found love over the age of 50. So I just finished an interview with a couple who is, they're both getting married for the first time. She's 50, he's 56, and um, they have a beautiful love story. So I'm, I'm interviewing people on that topic because I think we need to hear those stories, um, especially because times are changing, you know? It's not like the old days when everybody got married when they were in their 20s or even the old, old days where everybody got married when they were actual children. Um at least the the girls did. And, you know, life is different now. And um, I know that for some of you out there who are single and don't want to be single, you can feel like time is working against you and like, oh, no, I'm running out of time. And am I getting too old? Am I ever going to meet someone? And I just wanted to do an episode just showing some different stories from different people to just prove that it's not ever too late. And you can always meet someone and love is always possible. So I'm excited to share that episode with you and more, lots more coming. So today I wanted to talk about, it's not, you know, it's not really the new year anymore. It is February. Um, I'm not saying happy new year. I'm not one of those people who's still saying happy new year in February, Um, but it is still the beginning of the year. And I thought it was a good time to talk about motivation and getting unstuck. One thing that I hear a lot from people who are single, that want to be single, they feel like they are just unmotivated to date, feels hard, feels daunting. You know, of course, this is a huge issue in so many things, whether you're trying to get in shape or whether you want to learn something new or whether you want to have a career change or whatever it is that feels challenging. We can really struggle with this motivation problem and this getting unstuck problem. And since it's February, in case you are a person who made New Year's resolutions, it's a good time to check in and see how you're doing on those resolutions. If you are like the vast majority of people, you are not sticking with your resolutions. And um, I think one reason why New Year's resolutions don't work and why I'm not a fan of them is because we assume that just because it's the first of the year, we're going to suddenly feel incredibly motivated to do things that we've not ever felt motivated to do before, or at least don't currently at this time in our lives. Um, And then you go into a shame spiral of, oh, I quit, it's too hard, I can't do it, I failed, and you know, that's no good. Um, So I think that I'm, even though I'm kind of specifically talking about love 
in this regard. This is this is about motivation in general and just how to counter that feeling of of stuckness, just stuck and you don't know what to do and you don't know how to get yourself unstuck. So, um, and like I said, this is about motivation to do something. And it's also about motivation to stop doing something that no longer serves you and maybe never did. So the first thing that I think it's really, really important to, um, is to face and to question when it comes to the motivation question is to really make sure that you feel worthy of having the thing that you want, like whether it's an amazing relationship or, you know, a great relationship with your body or, um, a career that's really fulfilling or making more money or, you know, I don't know, starting your YouTube channel or whatever it is that, um, that you're having trouble motivating to do. And, you know, worthiness is something that if you listen to the show, I talk about this a lot. If you follow me on Instagram, I, at Dear Franny, um, I talk about this a lot. And it's so important because worthiness is something that it resides in our subconscious, our belief in our worthiness. And so uh, most people in their logical minds are like, yeah, I'm worthy of having love and success and this and that. We all feel worthy in our minds. We tell ourselves that we're worthy. But if you actually go into the feeling, the true feeling, we don't feel in our minds. That's not where we feel. We feel in our bodies, actually. That's where our emotions really speak to us. That's where we process them in our minds, but they express themselves in our body. And when it comes to the worthiness question, it's really important to make sure that you're tapping into your body and you're just taking a breath and you're closing your eyes and you're asking yourself, do I feel worthy of having this thing? And you see what comes up. And whatever comes up, it may not, you may not have language for it, you know? You might feel really excited and peaceful. You might feel really tense. Um, a word that somebody used recently, a client used recently was heaviness. He said he felt a heaviness when he, when he closed his eyes and asked himself if he was worthy of having a really great relationship. And when his eyes were open and we we're talking about it logically, he's like, oh, of course I'm worthy of that. Then he closed his eyes, asked the question, and he said, oh, my body just felt really heavy. I got this sense of heaviness. So it might be a tightness in your chest or a pit in your stomach or something that just keys you into, hmm, there's something going on here on a deep emotional level that's not exactly re- resounding. It's not saying, hell yes, fuck yes. It's going like, <laughs> that's the description, the description of the feeling um, that you might feel. And maybe you feel, like I said, peaceful. Or maybe you feel like your heart's swelling. Maybe you feel excited. Then those are signs that you're on the right track. And yes, you do feel as worthy as you, as you think you do. Um, but that's the first starting point is just to really check in with yourself and see, and see if you feel worthy. And then if you don't, if there is something that comes up that's saying like, eh, I don't know if I feel so worthy of having it, this love, this money, this relationship, this job, whatever it is, then you just ask yourself the next question, which is, well, if I did believe I w- was worthy, because I want to, I want to believe I'm worthy. So if I did believe that I was worthy, what would I do now? And there's no perfect answer to that question. This is a question to kind of continually ask yourself as you are starting to develop a new identity. Um, and identity is very important in, in all of this because oftentimes when we are identify as someone who has a hard time doing something. So those of you who may have heard me talk about my weight loss last year, um, and I had to lose weight last year because I was diagnosed as being pre-diabetic. So it was like, oh, 
okay, I guess, I guess my body is not, is not agreeing with this no exercise, um, high sugar <laughs> lifestyle of mine. Um, and so I realized that I knew I was going to lose the weight. Most of my life, I've been a very active person. And I knew that I, once I forced myself to just get back into working out, I would get into the rhythm. I knew that I would, could do it, but I was a little worried, like, okay, I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to get healthy, but then what's going to happen? I had a bit of dread, like, Ugh, right? And so I realized that I was really, I was really identifying, like self-identifying as somebody who was going to have a hard time doing this. Like this was going to be a struggle. Like, oh, this might be a struggle now for the rest of my life. Like, how do I balance the fact that sugar is my favorite thing on the planet, <laughs> but my body is not really happy with that? Um, and then I realized, okay, I if I identify as, as this being something that's hard for me. So for you, whatever it is that you're really struggling with, are you identifying as being unlucky in love? Are you identifying as being someone who, um, you know, has a hard time motivating to work out? Are you identifying as somebody who always starts things and, and stops them and as you're identifying as a quitter? You know, all there's a lot of ways that we just, we take for granted these identities that we assign ourselves. And a lot of those identities do not serve us. So you want to make sure, number one, that you feel worthy. And number two, that you're not over-identifying with a struggle. You're not over-identifying with um, a mindset that you do not actually want. Because what we identify with, you know, um, you probably have heard the um, the quote. I don't know who said it originally. Um, I don't know if anyone does. But, you know, I am are the two most powerful words in the English language. And it's true. Because if you believe I am unlucky, I am um, unlovable, I am someone who always gets betrayed or disappointed um, or overlooked, if you believe that about yourself, then that is going to become your reality because that is the lens through which you will see the world. Uh, we are, we all want to be right about what we believe more than we want to be happy. So even when you're identifying with something that you do not want, the tendency is to still make that, make ourselves quote unquote, right about it, because that's just how we're wired as humans. So the good news is that when you can start to identify with something that you do want, then life becomes a lot easier. If you start to identify as a person who I am resourceful and resilient and I grow through my challenges, then you start to become a person who is resourceful and resilient and you grow through your challenges. If you start to identify as somebody who's really good at making connections, if you start identifying as somebody who is is able to face the fear and act in spite of that fear, right? Like identifying as empower in empowering ways that are going to then just supercharge anything in life that you want to accomplish. So that self-identification, that's number two. And then the third is, is about vision. And it's about the why. Because a lot of times there's something that we want to do. And weight loss is a good example of this. Because, you know, people will say to me all the time, you know, my clients or friends or whoever, oh, I just, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to lose 15 pounds. I want to lose 20 pounds. And I just always ask them, well, why do you want to lose it? And, you know, and usually they're taken aback by that because I think we live in a culture where it's accepted that, well, everybody wants to lose weight. So why wouldn't you want to lose weight? Um, and, and, but when they stop to think about it, they'll be like, well, I just want to be healthier. And I'm like, okay, well, if you want to be healthier, like, why do you want to be healthier? Well, I want to feel I want to feel like good in my body. I want to put on clothes and feel confident. I want to, you know, have more energy. Um, 
you know, I want to spend more time in nature and hiking or whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, great. So if that's what you want, that's the real why, aim for that. Rather than worrying about how many pounds you're going to lose, start thinking like, okay, I want to be healthier. What can I start to do to really tap into that why and start to make healthier choices? Because that's how we start to change our identity is by action, right? We first we make the decision that the previous identity is not serving us. And then we have to start acting, right? So go, it's similar to like the worthiness question. If I believed I was worthy, what would I do, okay? If I believed I was a person who prioritized my health, what would I do? And start to really train yourself to ask that question and then take action. And every baby step matters. Every baby step counts. So if you do that enough, one day you'll find like, oh, I now as I now am a person who prioritizes my health. I now am a person who's very loving and able to be vulnerable, right? Whatever that thing is. So tapping into your real why, because if if shame was a good why, then we'd all have accomplished everything, okay? If beating yourself up was a good enough why, we'd all have accomplished everything we ever wanted to accomplish. It doesn't work. We need to go to someplace deeper. If you are a person who is motivated by looking a certain way, being a certain size, for instance, there's some people who are highly, that's highly motivating to them. They want to be a certain size, they want to be a certain weight, and they are able to they're, they're so attached to that. I'm not saying that's a happy or healthy way to live in life because I don't actually think that it is. No judgments, but, um, and I, you know, I've been there, so I understand it. But so, and that's why I know I'm like, that's not a happy place to be in. But there's some people that's incredibly motivating to them. I never want to look like X. That's very motivating to them. If that was motivating to you, if that was motivating to me, I never would have gotten to the place where I had gained all of this weight because. I would have, that vanity would have been enough motivation. It wasn't. I got over that. I was like, eh, I don't, I'm not, I don't care anymore about that. I don't care about being a certain size or looking a certain way in a dress or a pair of jeans. So once I let go of that, I, until I then tapped into, and in this case I was forced to, but then I tapped into, okay, what's the greater why? What's the greater vision that I have behind these actions that I want to take? about this new identity that I want to embody as this person who really effortlessly prioritizes her health and fitness, because that's what I decided. That's how I decided who I wanted to become. And so I was going to become that person by acting like that person, by checking in with myself. What would I do if I effortlessly prioritize my health and fitness? I would go to bed right now, because if I stay up, I'm going to watch three more episodes of Project Runway, and I'm going to be up super late, and then I'm going to eat more food, because I have been up more late, and you know, been up later, and then I'm going to not be able to get up early in the morning and to work out. So if I was a person who effortlessly prioritized my health and fitness, I would take my ass to bed right now. And then I started doing that. Like, okay, that's who I'm becoming, right? So I guess that's what I have to do. And I did that enough until then it, it became effortless. But I had to really tap into a deeper vision of having a relationship with my body, of having a level of health and vitality and longevity that I really wanted. And that was the vision that really was able to motivate me. And if you tap into your vision deep enough, then motivation becomes irrelevant because it, it, the motivation is built in. Um, so I'm, very, I'm a very big believer in tapping into that vision, the real why, the real why. Why do you want to be in the relationship? What do you want to share with your partner? What is that relationship going to feel like? When the two of you are, to, are together, how are you going to feel? When you're sitting on the sofa together, watching Netflix, or you're, you know, doing whatever, you're, you're lying in bed together, you're cooking, to, whatever those things are that you care most about experiencing with your partner, 
really tapping into that and the emotion behind that, it becomes, it helps that vision to become so much more of a reality so much faster. Um, okay, so that's the vision. And then the next is to really, this is very practical. Well, this is all practical as far as I'm concerned. I'm a coach. I'm all about action. <laughs> um, but the fourth thing here is to really take a look at your strategy. Because a lot of times the reason that we are motivated to do something is because we're trying to go about it in a way that is so, you know, it feels so wrong to us or contrary to how we operate or, you know, unnatural or or it's just ineffective, right? So there's, so there's, there's a whole way of approaching things that you really want to set yourself up to win, right? And so there's always going to be trial and error in any journey that's unknown, but we want to make sure that you're just taking a look like, you know, um, online dating. This is a perfect example. I see so many people who are very frustrated with dating apps and, and we talk about, I'm like, okay, well tell me like, what's your strategy? What makes you decide? And they're like, they're like, oh, well, I just, you know, if I see somebody that I'm attracted to, then I swipe right. And I'm like, okay, well, how long have you been doing that? And they'll be like, well, I don't know, God, I've been on this app for like for years, right? I'm like, okay, so maybe the strategy that you're using is not the best strategy to get what you want because it's not working, right? So it's time to evaluate this, right? Maybe by looking at people who you are instantly attracted to, maybe that's not the right standard, that's not the right strategy. And part of why you're having trouble motivating to continue to use dating apps is because this strategy has failed you time and time again. And so you're getting frustrated, right? Who wants to do something that's the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So sometimes that strategy needs an evaluation and you might need some help because you might say, I have no idea how to do X, Y, Z thing that I'm going, that I'm, that I want to bring into my life. So you can always get help. There's always resources out there to get some assistance and start to open yourself up and asking yourself, Hmm, how do I do this? What is the next best step? But may, you know, paying attention to that you're doing things that feel right for you. Um, like I recently, uh, worked with a client who at first she was hesitant to work with me cause she'd worked with another coach before. And she said, Oh, the other coach, um, was pushing me to go on three dates per week. And I was, it was just so exhausting. It was so hard for my schedule and I was miserable. And I just, I don't want, I just, I don't want that. And I was like, okay, I'm never going to like, that's, if you're feeling stressed out and overworked and like all of that, then I would never, ever, ever, first of all, I don't believe in quotas like that, but um, I was like, but even I said, I would never, ever push you to do that because then you're just going to be frustrated going through the motions and you're unlikely to be successful. That's not the right strategy for you. So strategy, super important. And then the last thing, and this is, this is the thing that I think we always, we tend to start with when we're trying to motivate ourselves, which is willpower. We're like, okay, willpower. I'm just going to like, you know, I'm going to just, I'm going to hunker down. I'm going to force myself. I'm going to sign up for this gym membership. I'm going to sign up for this dating app. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Right. And we use that willpower. And the issue with that is that willpower is it's excellent in the short term, but it is not a long-term strategy. We are not designed to use, to have that instant willpower be the thing that pushes us forward. So it's going to fade. Willpower always, always fades. So you have to understand that it fades. So you can still use it. Um, and, you know, they call this in psychology push motivation. Push motivation is when 
you are, you're, you're basically, you're responding to something that you don't want. So the fear of something that you don't want is pushing you forward. So for me, the fear of having diabetes, I was like, oh, I don't want to get diabetes, right? So guess what? I just found all the motivation I need to get up right now and go exercise, right? So that push motivation where you're being, you're, you know, you're being pushed by the fear of something that you don't want can be an amazing catalyst, so it's, it's not, it's not a bad thing. Willpower is fantastic when you can harness it, but you have to understand that it's not going to be able to sustain you over time. So you've got to know, all right, I'm going to use this burst of willpower, but then what's my long-term strategy, right? Now, what do I do? And so the reason I have this last is because all the other things that I've talked about, the worthiness, the self-identification, you know, tapping into that larger vision, your real why behind the thing that you want, you know, evaluating the strategy that you're using to get the thing that you want. Is it working? Is it feel good? Does it feel natural for me? Am I trying to force a square peg into a round hole, right? Um, you know, you might have a huge desire to be a successful person who contributes to the world. And maybe you had parents that said, you know, doctors are what do, or the people that do that, but you're not a doctor. Maybe in your heart, you're really an artist, right? So you might feel like I've got to go to medical school in order to fulfill this vision of my why and what I'm here to do. But it's like, that's not your vision, right? So the strategy that you're going about achieving what you want, it needs to really align with who you are and what you care about and what your natural strengths and talents and passions are. And then the last is this, is the willpower is using that willpower to push you in the short term to get you started, but knowing that it's going to fade. So there needs to be a larger plan in action. And by understanding that when you're going into anything, that's how you set yourself up to win in the long term. And you don't, and you don't have the experience of, <clears throat> excuse me, you don't have the experience of, oh God, I did all that work or I tried so hard and it doesn't work out and now I'm disappointed and here it is February already and I've given up on everything I wanted to accomplish this year. So you can accomplish everything you want to accomplish this year. Um, though there's a really great, a really great quote. Um, someone, I think it might be Tony Robbins. I think it, I'm pretty sure it's Tony Robbins. He says that um, people overestimate what they can do in one year and they underestimate what they can do in 10 years. And what he's talking about when he says that is that a lot of times people say, okay, I'm going to start a business and make a million dollars this year. And it's like, okay, you can. There are people who make a million dollars in the first year of business. Um, most people do not. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you, but if you set yourself up to win and you have the right strategy and you have the right vision and you take the right steps and you go through the process of trial and error and developing all the skills that you need to succeed in business and to push yourself and to grow and to innovate and to collaborate and all of those things, then in 10 years, you know, you, yeah, you probably could have $10 million, right? But it may not happen year one. So when I say that you can accomplish what you want to accomplish this year, goal setting is, it's not just about setting a, a lofty goal. It's about pushing yourself, but also having, having, um, setting yourself up to win number one, and then also having some faith and leaving some possibility for what actually materializes to be even better for you. And actually the thing that you need on your journey right now. So for any of you out there who have a goal to find love this year, you know, I would invite you to just make sure that you're taking a look at where am I right now in my love life? If I want to meet my wife or my husband or my, you know, my soulmate this year, am I actively dating? Am I comfortable dating? Do I know how to get a date? 
Do I know how to connect with potential partners? Because if you don't know how to do that, if you're struggling with dating, if it's something that causes you so much anxiety and and um, you like, oh, I don't even, I don't know how to flirt. I don't know how to meet anyone on, you know, offline or whatever it is. It's like, okay, rather than focusing on the next step being the soulmate, let's have the next step be that you can get into a place where you feel very comfortable and confident about dating and you have the right strategy and you're clear on what it is that you need and how to recognize that. So setting yourself up to win, that is what I'm all about. Um, as a coach and as a podcast host (laughs) and for myself personally. So that is what I want for you. And I hope that this has been helpful in thinking about motivation and how to get unstuck and really how to make motivation irrelevant. Because if you truly believe that you're worthy, if you're working on your, on your self-identification and you're, you know, you're releasing any disempowering, um, identities that you have and really stepping into more, a uh, more empowered way of viewing yourself. If you do all of that and you tap into that, why you tap into that larger vision of why you want the thing that you want, what it's going to feel like, how that's going to enhance your life, right? If you start to tap into that, if you really pay attention to your strategy, if you don't know the right strategy, you get help with that strategy. If you, you know, and you, if you don't know where to go to get help, you at least start to open yourself up to the possibility. Okay. I got to look for help for this. Who are the role models? Who are the mentors? Who are the coaches? Who are the teachers? What are the books that I can read? Right? What, how can I start to get some inspiration to guide me on this journey? That strategy piece. And then understanding that willpower is something that is short term, but it's powerful. And so it can help you in that short term moment. And you want to use that as a springboard to a larger vision and a larger strategy, um, because that's, what's going to take you the distance and reaching your big goals, be they love goals, be they life goals, be they career goals, even though those are all the same thing. Um, I heard something, I heard a great quote. I do, I, I quote a lot of people, but um, I heard someone was quoting someone else. So I'm not sure who originally said this, but it was like, you know, if you pee in, in a corner of the pool, like you peed in the whole pool, right? And it's kind of like our lives are like that. They're not as siloed as we think we are. We're like, no, no, this is my love life over here in this corner. And here's my career in this corner. And here's my personal life. And here's my friendships over here. And here's my money over there. And here's my health over there. It's like, no, it's all so much more connected um, than than we give it credit for. So this is just about goal setting. This is about goal setting, no matter what part of your life, because the more you are able to step into an empowered mindset in one part of your life, you have then an amazing opportunity to start to transfer those same skills and transfer that same mindset to other parts of your life. So thank you so much for listening. If this is the first time that you've heard this podcast, please go back. I've got season one. There's 39 episodes, lots of amazing interviews, really fascinating guests. Um, So I definitely encourage you to check those out. And if you are enjoying this podcast, I please, I invite you to number one, subscribe, which you can do right there in the app, whatever, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or SoundCloud or, you know, wherever you're listening to this right now, you can just hit that subscribe button or follow. It's follow on some places. And you can also rate and review the podcast, which I would be so, so grateful for. I love those five-star reviews and hopefully um, we can just spread a little love and a little positivity and 
give people some more tools so they can start to live the lives of their dreams because I'm all about helping people to be as empowered as possible. Thank you for listening. Thank you for those of you who have taken the time to subscribe and to rate and to review the podcast. I see you. I appreciate you. You can stay in touch with me on all social media at Dear Franny and I'm at Dear Franny Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And I, yeah, I love to hear from you. So until next time, thank you so much. Have a beautiful day wherever you are in the world.